Hello and welcome to this latest episode in our series of uh, Raising the Roof. This one is the Future of Homes Part 2, the role of shared ownership. Uh, If you are interested in Part 1, which was the uh, homes of the 1950s or the 2020s, or indeed any of our other a previous podcast and uh, please just search Raising the Roof and uh, you, everything will pop up as you need it there. So today, the, the role of shared ownership, blimey, I've got two guests, I've really got my work cut out today. I've been on uh, extra espressos for this one because we've got the two firebrands of the housing world joining us today. First up um, is one of my, my favourite people in the housing world and I genuinely do mean that. She's one of the few people that, that says it how she really sees it. If it wasn't for her dodgy southern accent she could almost be from Yorkshire um yes it's it's of course Amy Nettleton those of you who perhaps have just landed from Mars and haven't come across Amy um she's the um assistant director of development um sales and marketing at, at Asta Group she also has more chairs than Ikea uh, she's the chair of the national housing group she's the chair of the national shared ownership campaign in fact the only thing that she's not the chair of is my board thankfully um I know she's um exceptionally proud to work for, for Asta um, and she's part of their, their what I describe as their tip-top development and sales team. Um, she has got a bit of a long-standing reputation and, and, and a real drive and determination to, to make a difference to, in the sales side um, of, of housing. And, and that really does shine through. Within our sort of podcast series, we've had a bit of a recurring theme. I, I wish I could say it was designed, but it, it, it wasn't. Um, but we, we've had disruptors on the panel. And and I think it's fair to say that Amy follows in that tradition. She's, she's acted as a real catalyst for change, a bit like a virus for change uh, from within the sector to change and influence policy and develop a sales offering um, for both now and and in the future. Um, She is without doubt uh, the queen of shared ownership um, and she's campaigned tirelessly to to raise its profile and popularity to where it is now. Um, And she's even even showed a willingness to, to work with those who perhaps don't fully share her passion for sales and shared ownership. Um, although some of them have allegedly woken up with a horse's head in their bed. Um, All this means that she's barely got time to post the photos of her and her beloved horse on Instagram. So if you are looking for updates there, then you're going to be sadly disappointed because they never emerge. Um, And it is amazing how any of those photos make it to Insta, as as Amy is a real technophobe. Um, A a real summary of her is all the gear and no idea. Um, She's got but the life I'd, I'd love to have, in fact, if, if reincarnation is real, she's one of two people I want to come back as. Um, she has a, a great life. She lives by the sea. But I would say uh, for those colleagues on the podcast, Yorkshire does have some of the best coastlines anywhere in the world. So a quick plug there for any of those Yorkshire coastal resorts. Um, so that's our first guest. That's Amy. So you might be thinking, blimey, how do we follow that? Who's our second guest? Well, our second guest is Sally Lynch. Um, Sally is our sales guru here at, at Yorkshire Housing. Every sales target we give her, no matter how challenging at the start of the year, where I shake my head and think there's no way she's going to hit that, um, she just smashes through. And there's a phrase in, in Yorkshire Housing, which is that, you know, you need to be more Sally. You know, there's a bit of a reputation that she's got in the in the business. She joined Yorkshire Housing in uh, 2002. So she's been on our journey for quite some time. You can't keep a good person down. And that's how she rose to her current position of head of sales. And I think it's, it's real testament to, to her and also the work that Amy's done that 
when Sally first joined us, Yorkshire Housing only sold a real handful of of shared ownership homes, about 20 a year. Sally was asked to, to sort of grow that part of the business from a sales team of one. We're Yorkshire by name and Yorkshire by nature. Uh, needless to say, uh, that sales team has now expanded. And last year we sold 175 homes and this year we're forecast to sell 250. Keeping the um, equine link from Amy's intro, uh, Sally is far from a one-trick pony. She is the Yorkshire housing enforcer. Wherever we have a problem, we send in Sally to sort it out. And I'm constantly thinking about what impossible task I can give her next. Uh, needless to say, she just growls at me menacingly and then just carries on delivering. So they're my two guests. Let's dive straight in. Let's start first, Amy, with you. I had, Amy, my first Eureka moment with shared ownership several years ago when um, the analysis showed that it was the lowest monthly housing cost after after renting. When did the penny drop for you? How did, how did you sort of first fall in love with shared ownership? Well, thanks for having me and thanks for that extraordinary introduction, which I'm definitely going to lift and, and pick some audio out of that. So thank you very much and a pleasure. I suppose when did it fall, um, when did the penny drop for me? Um, although you say Yorkshire is the mecca of, of the world and being married to a Yorkshire when I definitely get told that on a daily basis. Um, but I'm hail from the Midlands, so I was born and bred in Leicester, um, and I started my housing career in Leicester, um, and I started actually as a chartered surveyor, um, trained to be a chartered surveyor, realised that actually valuing sheds and retail was pretty dull, um, and then thought, oh, I'll get into residential so then moved into residential um, and ran estate agencies over Leicester, um, so an independent network of estate agencies. And then um, saw an advert at Leicester Housing Association back in the day, and they needed a sales and marketing manager, pretty much like what you said about um, kind of what Sally did at, at Yorkshire, starting from nothing really, starting from a few, their first development for sale, Realising they were quite forward thinking in that time, realising that they wanted um, private sector knowledge, they wanted an estate agency kind of, um, of, of focus to be able to sell their products. And it started there um, and it really did. And I know this sounds super cliche, but it, it's more and more important the longer I go on this journey um, alongside people like yourselves and people like Sally, who are just so committed to it, is um, you get the best of both worlds for me. I, I I love property. I love anything to do with selling and um, all of that. I still do that punch in the air moment when I get the, the WhatsApp on a daily basis of how many we've reserved, how many we've completed. And I still get that buzz of like, yes, we've got it. But we really do change people's lives. And I, and I think, and, and you've heard me say this a lot. Um, and I think it's, I think it's overlooked sometimes of this side of the business of the impact that this really does have on people's lives and, and, and the opportunities and changes that it gives them. And, um, you know, it, we're, we're one part of the journey from a housing association point of view for, from yeah. the rented side that we deliver, but the opportunities and the options that this tenure gives people really does change their lives so so for me it was a, it was a gradual journey but my journey has always been property related be that commercial um or residential so so just on that then amy in terms of you know for for those people who 
might have landed from Mars um, and don't know what shared ownership is. How, how would you how would you sum it up in a in a few sentences? What you know, sell it to me. Give me your best sales pitch of shared this ownership. Is like the Wolf of Wall Street, isn't it? Sell me that pen. Sell me the arms. It's like this. Yeah, you need a pen. And um, so basically, it's as simple as you buy a bit and you rent a bit. And that really is as simple as that. And um, it, it's going through some changes. It's had some po- big, big policy changes, which I know we'll, we'll probably touch upon later. So where we are at the moment and the majority of the delivery is you buy anything from 25 to 75%. You pay a subsidized rent on the remainder, usually worked out between 2 and 2.75%. And then you just get the mortgage on the bit or, or, or the funding the bit that you that you don't rent. So in basic terms, Nick, the beauty of that is you only need a deposit on that amount. So if you've got a 50% share, you only need a 5-10% deposit on that 50% share. So this is where that accessibility of it is so key. Um, And I think as we move into a world where interest rates are set to rise and we're starting to see a different economic landscape, that ability that's been so difficult even up to now of like Bank of Mum and Dad, which I know probably you'll be feeling the pressures (laughs) and Bank of... Tell me about it. (laughs) Bank of grandparents of how the hell do I get and help my family and kids and stuff to to have that security. We're talking a few thousand pounds in in more places across the country than not. I mean, we're excluding central London, obviously, here. But what we're talking is a few thousand pounds rather than tens and twenties of thousands of pounds to actually access that that property ladder. And I think um, we can talk about the fact that home ownership shouldn't be the key goal and the be all and everything. Um, But we live in a society, we're not Europe, we live in a society where people want to own their own home. And, you know, what we have to do is realise that and actually look at what we can offer, especially as housing associations and and organisations such as ourselves that do much more than just provide that home ownership solution. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an absolute key point that you raised there about you know, how we respond to the reality of what what several generations now um, have been have been sort of almost hardwired to think. And I think your point about interest rates is really, really key because I was really struck the other day when I saw some analysis that basically said that um, you've now got a generation of people who think uh, anything that less than 1% interest rates is the norm. We've had 14 years of really low interest rates yeah. and uh, you know, you just sort of think, wow, you know, that, that's that's a real sort of uh, eureka moment again for me. Um, just turning to the sort of national picture, because, you you know, I talk, I described you as the queen of shared ownership. And I do genuinely think that you, you've led this this national campaign, massive success in terms of getting that wider understanding. But from your perspective, what, what do you think has been the biggest success of of that campaign and also if you were queen of the universe what one thing would you would you still change wow okay so i think the main fundamental thing and i was thinking back to like when sally and i first met and and we'd, we'd brush shoulders at events and and as sales people we we pretend like oh we're all inclusive and we want to work together but we don't really because <laughs> we're all competitive and we've all got the best idea and we're all like oh i can't tell you too much because you'll nick it but I, Actually, what... uh, can I just say this point? That that's an Amy view. That's of course not a view of Yorkshire <laughs> Housing or anybody who works for Yorkshire Housing. I was honest, it's a sales view. It's, it's it's not a you know collaboration and stuff. But actually, the reason I say that is because the key changer 
changer it's not even a word but the key change in this whole journey for me so like I've been at Aston now for 10 11 years so um the key difference in these past few years is we've decided to work together that is the key difference and I think the diff I think the reason for that is is there's a lot of us in the sector that have been around not too long that we're turned off to it but long enough that we want change. And yeah. we've got that energy and that drive that actually we really believe in, in what we're doing. And, and I think too long, it has been overlooked of, oh, you know, it's just sales or, you know, and, and the social value and what it gives we've it's been our drive really to, to promote that and I think for the likes of a lot of us that have built our networks over the years and um, have actually really come together and gone do you know what we can still remain our competitive edge because because we're good enough okay and and the people in this sector are bloody brilliant right and they know their stuff and they're not they're not afraid to push okay and I think what we've all done is gone do you know what if we all support each other a little bit, but don't give away our identity, because like Sally, I've still got a profile to give at Astra. I've still got to give assurance to my board that I can sell my sales program. And, you know, how, how do I balance um, delivering a national program that highlights every other provider in the country to um, delivering Astra's goals and ambitions? Yeah. So it's a very fine line of going, how do we work together to really promote? And the thing is, it's been an education thing we've switched we've switched it from a promotional um activity to an education activity yeah. because it makes all of our jobs easier and actually what we really need to understand is the, the impact if a couple of us get it wrong it impacts everybody yeah. because lenders will start to look at it and go do you know what actually it's a bit more risky um so they will start to withdraw We'll start to see the actual landscape that we've worked so hard over the years to get up to. You know, we've got about 20-odd lenders now. When I started, we had four. Yeah. So, you know, we've got this retail lending market that's really buoyant. And I think we've all got this shared vision that is like, do you know what? If a few of us, especially, there's a lot of sales teams across the country that've got one and two people. How, how do they manage that? How do they manage their messaging? So I think it's definitely been we're stronger together and that sounds well cliche so you know let's let's not audio that but um but it is it is that kind of stronger together and if it's one thing that I could change it's the perception that it doesn't help it's the perception that it's still seen as like the you know the ugly sister at the disco kind of thing do you know what I mean like a bit of a last resort <laughs> you know oh I've tried everything else and oh god I suppose I'll go for shared ownership or oh my god you don't want to touch that I think it's it's still that bit for me that actually the people that I talk to or the stories that I get from my sales negotiators that are are moving these people in we've done wonders for their lives and 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 it's a decision that they wouldn't have been able to have yeah. without it so it would be that for me that's great i mean i i took three shared things from that shared vision shared approach and a shared message so yeah bang on um you talked about educating rather than promoting and sally i want to come over to you if i could because um as you know um i moan repeatedly about my three kids um and uh trying to rehome them all um i want to keep my dog but i want to rehome my kids um so you know if you were if, if if my kids were up at this time of day and we're, we're doing an early re, uh, record of this session so massive thanks to amy because she loves the uh, early mornings um how would you how would you sell 
shared ownership to, to someone like them who's starting out on the housing ladder, Sally? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an it's a it's such a great choice for first-time buyers leaving home um, and for a lot of the reasons that Amy's pointed out as well and I picked up quite a bit from what you've said as well Amy that you know I wanted to kind of expand on a little bit and you know some of that is is the difference that it makes and I've, I've actually got personal experience because it's a site that we've still shared ownership just near my home and I personally know three of the kids that have moved on there that you know my kids babysat for and it's just like to see that community spirit as well is really really um something that 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 perhaps goes unnoticed as well is that you've got all of these young people on the same site that are kind of growing together and talking together and they've all got the same aspirations that they want to buy more shares and they want to kind of continue to invest in the property which I think is a great thing to see but as far as your kids Nick I mean I think shared ownership might be (laughs) might be a way of, of of kind of Moving a little bit away from the, you know, requirements that it's bank of mum and dad, just because actually your initial costs of getting into a shared ownership home is so much lower. Um, and, you know, they, they, the homes tend to be, you know, better designed, I think, and, you know, to better standards than you might you might see if you were buying that from private developer. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's a great way for, for young people to buy the first home. Um, I mean, the only the only the only barrier that I would see to that is the availability. And obviously, it's something that's really accelerating in the north. Um, yeah. And, you know, as you as you said, you know, we went from sort of 20 homes to 250 homes and it's been quite a, a rapid acceleration to get to that number and yeah. and being part of the groups and, and obviously being able to sort of get the advice and the learning the best practice from you know organizations like Astor and Amy who who as you've said is the undisputed queen of shared ownership um it's 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 you know I feel really fortunate that we're in that position to learn from them because we've had such an acceleration in the north um, and part of that is the promotion and part of that is that people are starting to get to know what shared ownership is and get really interested in it and and think of that as as something that's maybe not the ugly sister anymore or starting to emerge as, you know, a swan um, from uh, from being from being in that <laughs> in that category. So that's just such a positive thing. And, and really, it's just that we need more. I think your point, Sally, which we also overlook, we, we say it a lot on our rented stuff, don't we? We're building communities. We say it a lot. We never really say it on our sales side. And mm-hmm. it is so, so true. Yeah. You know, these, you're built, back in the, like, when I first started at Leicester Housing, we were a big regeneration kind of HA. And that was what it was all about. And we do a lot more of that now through kind of our community land trusts and stuff but but it is that that point of people want to stay local you know especially now with um you know new hybrid ways of working and stuff um it is it is just that way of that people can have that community yeah and i I, yeah i also kind of want to you know, engage more with our with our shared owners um, and, you know, encourage them to staircase or help them in that respect or point them in the right direction and try and encourage that community feel on our sites. Because, you know, we've got we've got I think it's 18 shared owners on this site and they're all they're all they all seem to be first time buyers. Um, and they're all fairly local and, and you know, going to the site I pass it and, and kind of just driving onto the site or calling in. I can see that community spirit there. And I think you're 
right. I think that's something that, you know, we need to promote. Can I just come in on that? Because you mentioned about staircase, and just for people who are listening who perhaps don't know what that is, that's where people buy an increase in share in, in, in their home. But the, the levels of staircasing are still relatively low. And, and I'm interested for both, both of you, really, but starting with you, really, Sally, because um, you did mention it. Um, why do you think the levels are so low? And, and, and is there anything else we could or should do to encourage greater take? But then I'll come to you, Amy, with a similar question. And I might, I might have a different kind of response to Amy because Amy's got a very established kind of group of people that maybe staircase more. I think I think what we're doing in, in, in Yorkshire is that it's almost like a restart of the shared ownership programme for us because we did have quite a few years that we, we didn't build a lot of shared ownership homes. And I think with these, these new shared owners that we're seeing coming through now, I think will actively staircase. I think that they've got a real desire to, to buy more shares in the home. And I think it's almost like a new shared owner that we need to we need to work with them and obviously encourage them. We've also got a portfolio of, of shared ownership um leaseholders who who perhaps don't don't and won't um, continue to staircase out or buy more shares. So I think it's kind of a different a, a different buyer that we're seeing coming through at the moment, and I think that they will be active um, wanting to buy more shares of the home as and well when they've got the ability to do so. Amy, over to you. I think, and I'm so glad you've asked this, right, because we're obsessed at the minute, or government policy dictates that we're obsessed at the minute, that we measure the success of shared ownership when people move, move out of it or buy more of it, right? We don't build it with that in mind, do we? You don't sit aboard and go, do you know what? We'll build these homes for people that need them and we can't wait to get them out, right? We don't <laughs> think like that. So, so we've lost the success generator of why we do shared ownership we do shared ownership because it gives security it gives those people that have got the other options so so um relationship breakdown kids want to stay in their schools what's the other option they go to private rented no they're going to shared ownership where it's secure and they can stay close to family and networks right so so that's how we we really market and that's our dna of why we build this stuff and then two years later down the line we're obsessed with people buying more or obsessed with moving them out to to show that shared ownership has been this success, right? What the staircasing figures show is one transactional route out or to buy more. What they don't show, which is a really buoyant market, you only need to look at people's resale programs. What they don't show is back-to-back -back transactions, so where people put their properties on the market and they staircase to 100% at the same time. They don't show that because that's not a true staircasing figure. They don't show equally when they kind of remortgage and then staircase out and sell on. So I think we need to take it in, in a much broader sense of what do we want success to look like? And, you know, if you said to somebody, you're buying this property because of your current situation and what you're looking for is security for your family and to be close to your networks. But actually what you really need to start thinking about is buying more. Well, well, that's not what they bought into. And there will be a group of people, like Sally quite rightly says, that it is their aim to, to go in and buy more and outright buy it. But equally, that pool of people is probably their first or second home, okay? Mm. Did you stay in your first or second home or did you move out within four or five years? Did you, if you just stayed there and thought, oh, I can buy more, you didn't. And yeah. I think we need to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. 
Mm. And staircasing is one element that we're so fixated on that does that mean shared ownership's a success? I can't move out of it or I can't buy more. But we also need to overlay in their market conditions. It's no different to like if I, when I buy my property and, and I've bought a different a wrong time in the market or, or I've bought in the wrong place and do you know what? The market's fallen or it's a bit saturated. It's no different. Those market conditions are at play. And I think we need to really, there's so many different strands of where staircasing is right and it should be done and promoted well. But equally for those people that that was never their aim or goal. So yeah. don't try and make that a success factor later down the line. It's a, it's a great point, a great point. And I think, you know, quite rightly, I did say that, you know, I've got two of the firebrand disruptors of the of the shared ownership world on. And I think you're absolutely right to, to sort of, you know, reset really some of the the sort of narrative and the expectations on that because, it, you know, you, there's some really good comparators that you, you've made there in terms of uh, outside shared ownership, how people's uh, process and mindset work. Sally, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, um, you know, a measuring that resale, you know, resale uh, numbers really is going to be something that is very, very key as well to, to measuring the success. So, yeah, I agree. There is a lot of focus on staircasing being the, the way that we measure that. And, and maybe it isn't, you know, and we need to look at how many resales we start to do, but we've got quite a new portfolio almost. So that's something that we need to start to measure, I think. And I think there's that timing thing as well. So, so you know, like Sally quite rightly says, and I know you probably want to move on, Nick, but this bit's important. Yeah. So like Sally quite rightly says, you know, in the North, you've seen this resurgence over the past few years, okay? You don't move out of your home in one or two years, do you? You want to settle, you want to stay there. Yeah. The average time of somebody moving on is 4.5 years, okay? And that tracks with the remortgage, right? So we're going to have to wait. <laughs> and I know, and I know the, I know the tenure's been around for 40 years, and I know all of that, and I know that we've got a, we've got a long-standing backlog, but equally, that was a different generation, like Sally quite rightly said yeah. and a lot of that stock is is made up in different ways leases and dysos and stuff so it's looking at now of going okay what does this program that you're building now that everybody's really accelerated over the past two to three years what does that look like in the next five to ten years yeah that's the important thing and 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 actually being open and honest with yourself and saying does staircase does staircasing equal success Maybe for some people, but not for everybody. Yeah, great point. Great point. I think you've you've absolutely uh, ran the message home. So if people are listening to this and they still haven't got that point, um, goodness me, they need to rewind and go back to it again. Let me let me sort of move move us along a little bit just to dig myself out of a hole. Um, there there are, as you you mentioned before, both of you referenced some of the changes to the model that uh, are coming through. What, what's your predictions of the impact that they're going to have? How long have we got? Uh, you've got about two minutes, so uh, I've got loads of other stuff I want to get to. So. Um, yeah, just just headline. So overall, I think we've got to welcome. We've all we've wanted is government to take shared ownership seriously, right? They they have. It's the first time in in my generation that they've done wholesale changes to the product, and I mean wholesale changes. So we, we've got to take that on board, and we've got to work with them and, and be grateful for that. I think again, one percent staircasing, ten percent shares. 500 pound repairs and maintenance. My, my main worries, concerns are how do we all deliver that 
the same or, or the same kind of level of service for customers up and down the country, um, which is what I spoke about earlier of us all working together so customers get the same kind of service. Um, I think that £500 repairs and maintenance um, will deliver a lot of different services up and down the country. And that's not me saying that it's not the right thing to do. I just think the administration of it and how we manage it is, is, is questionable. I think 1% shares, again, they are cash purchases. They aren't attached to um, mortgages or anything. And I think we open up potential um, old cousin down the road right to buy suddenly he's got a couple of bit, bit of cash to do one percent shares um but you know and i think especially up in the north what what we're not um it's been very clear in in the guidance that they can do unsecured lending on that so you can get people with lower value areas that could be buying shared ownership on a credit card um so the actual reality of that is is could be huge and i am catastrophizing here but could yeah. be huge um and I think actually it's it's a polarised market anyway, and it's a polarised market for the very reasons we do it and we're committed to it. You know, should somebody who can only afford 10% of something be buying? Question. Um, and I think it's around the management and long-term maintenance of that. I think, it, I think it opens up, it does open up, especially for markets such as Greater London. I think it's a different conversation, but I definitely think it's us working together now more than ever is so, so key and fundamental for the reputational um, status of, of the product and the attraction to lenders and stuff moving forward. That's wow. really quick. That is, and it's a, it's a great summary as well. So thanks, Amy. Sally, anything you want to add to that? Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's about the consistency about how it's delivered and, and that's questionable and we're still working through our own, you know, procedures and how we're going to deliver it. Um, so I think I think that's key, really, that people will get a different a different service or, you know, depending on, on which provider they go to. And and that's going to be really important as well. As far as the, the sort of the low percentage shares, um, you know, and, and I totally get what Amy's saying, should somebody who can only buy a really small amount of a property be buying it at all? So, you know, the affordability assessments will will kind of help that. And I, I know. But but yeah, it, it's something that we're welcoming. We have to embrace it. You know, let's let it. It's good for shared owners, you know, it really is. And, um, you know, we, we we just need to work out how to deliver it, really. But, yeah, it's, it's good. It is good news. You mentioned there about um, the, the sort of sales market. What's your what's your predictions in terms of where that's heading? We've obviously got all the issues at the moment swirling around, um, you know, increasing cost of living, interest rates for the first time in 14 plus years sort of heading upwards, you know, changes in terms of, of income as a result of uh, NI and tax changes coming through. What, what's your, what are you, what are you thinking of as we head into 2022? You know, what's, what's your, uh, your prediction for the housing market? I mean, we've we've had we've had such a boom, haven't we, this year? We really have. I mean, it's just been absolutely unprecedented the amount of demand that we've had. Um, so I mean the predictions are and and what we're kind of seeing now at the moment is the market is cooling a little bit, um, which is quite early. Um, so going into next year, I think that things will start to steady out and uh, we're not going to see the, the the kind of massive demand that we've seen, but it's a supply and, a, you know, it's supply and demand, isn't it? And the supply is not is not meeting demand and I can't see that that's going to happen early next year. But um, I, th I don't think it's going to be a year like we've had. I think things will settle down considerably um, going into the going into the new year next year. What about for you, Amy? What, that's, that's the view from the frozen north. What about the... 
the uh, affluent South where money's a wash and you're drinking champagne for breakfast. Oh, How, how's not things that there? when you were a kid, ain't it? Ain't it? Not when I were a kid. I, I agree with Sally. I think what we've got to be really careful on is how we're measuring the um, the differentiation of success in let's shared ownership market, for example. So for so which will be like for you. For us, we can't sell them quick enough at the minute. So for us. What's going to stall our targets or our ability to realize those is the inventory. Okay. Yeah. So what we don't want to start doing in quarter in quarter two, quarter three next year is go, oh, actually, sales income have dropped since last year. Well, has it or has inventory dropped? And I think they're the two different um, variables that we need to make sure that we're that we're tracking and giving some narrative to when we're when we're reporting sales income levels and market levels. I think um, I think the interest rates will be a very interesting one. But what we do often see is that the affordable market tends to fare better in these times of uncertainty, and especially with the product like shared ownership that you are only exposed to an element of the market. Then if people are thinking about buying and moving home, then usually what happens is shared ownership does get a bit more airtime and it is a product that people feel a bit more comfortable with. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see whether actually with those potential changes and the changes to the policy, do they come hand in hand at the right time? I'm going to quickly, I'm going to spend just one minute because I, I'm not using the habit of promoting other people's podcasts. But um, obviously, in the in the huge amounts of spare time you, you clearly have, Amy, you've, you've also set up with one of our future Raising the Roof uh, podcast guests. Uh, you heard it here first, Mr. Chowdhury. The second best housing podcast, uh, Socha Hour. So just in, in one minute, just give us give us a quick sort of insight in terms of the thinking behind that and, and how uh, and what its success has been in terms of raising awareness. Yeah, so I wanted to do this kind of weekly chat and stuff and, and Socha's been going around four years now and we've tailored it back this year um, to not every week. You know, we, we ran three years with weekly content. Um, so what we're doing now is probably doing some more tailored content monthly for podcasts and live and, and you've been a great supporter in that Nick so thank you for me it was about a place where the network can grow and if you are on your own or you've got a small sales team you can come online at night and, and chat and, and have and have a place to to understand and maybe learn but equally and you touched upon it earlier I want to engage with those people that that hate shared ownership that think it's a scam that doesn't that don't think it works um because actually if we're really content, if we're really adamant about changing and making things better, if I'm only listening to my own point of view or people that think it's great, then no change can really happen that's fundamental, can it? So um, we have to work together. That is with varied success we're having with that at the moment, but but we continue. So yes, thank you. I think if anyone else, we've got some good plans for it in 2022. So if anyone else wants to be part of that, has got any ideas of a live or a podcast, get on, hit me up. We're in the quick fire round. So this is one or two word answers. We've got five minutes left. Um, well, this is to help our listeners get more of an insight in terms of you and what makes you tick. So let's kick off. We'll go to our resident technophobe first. Uh, Amy, that's you. Apple or Android? Apple. Sally? Oh, Apple all day long. Oh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> um, so uh, following the equine sort of theme, horse or horsepower? Uh, we'll go Sally first. Oh, horsepower. Sorry, I'm a bit of a petrol head. Oh, no, no electric car, Sally? No electric car? Not yet, not yet. It's coming, though. Okay. Amy, this will be a tough one for you. Yeah, it is. It's equal for me. You can't have equal. You've got to choose oh, one. I've got to pick I've got to pick ping. It's got to be the horse. Horse, okay. So, sport, keeping the equine theme. 
Horse racing or football? Sally, uh, Sally, yeah. Football. Sorry, Amy. It's got to be football. Which team? <laughs> Leeds. Oh, gosh. That'll be a topical <laughs> one. Uh, Amy. Horse racing. Although I do like football. Leicester City, we're doing well. Oh, right. Topical, topical. Um, Amy, suspect you're about to lose this next one. Hands down. Um, how many emails in your inbox right now? <laughs> to the nearest thousand. Unread. You can have any. Oh, I've got in my inbox thirty-eight thousand. Wow, wow, yeah. There's about there's about fifty in there that's unread, but yeah, uh, yeah, fifty. I've got thirty-eight thousand unread. I've got about eight thousand unread. Yeah, and what's worrying is all of those for both of you from me. Um, right, what's the one gadget you take with you on a desert island? My phone. Yeah, same. Before, yeah, as long as I can get a signal. Apple Music. Yeah. So while we're on the theme of desert islands, Amy, um, as somebody who's always constantly on holiday, what's your favourite holiday destination? Oh, I like... Skiing. Skiing? That's not a destination. That's (laughs) that's a holiday theme. Um, Zermatt, Switzerland. Right. Sally? Yeah, for me, uh, if it was a city, I'd go to Seattle. If it was an island, I'd go to Bali. Oh, blimey. Um, oh, you pay that too much? Jesus. Not one, of you, <laughs> not one of you have chosen Yorkshire. Shocking. Favourite film? Amy? Godfather. Sally? Oh, 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 oh. I'm surprised uh, Sally's not the Godfather, given how she works in Yorkshire housing. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to pass on that. I'll, yeah, sorry. I haven't OK, got I'll come back to you. Favourite band? Favourite band or artist? Fleetwood Mac at the minute. Oh, gosh, blimey. I know. I'm gonna, I have a bit of a resurgence. Right. Sally? OK, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go dance. I'm going to go, yeah, favourite favorite dance artist, I'd say. Yeah, Pete Tong. I'll go oh, for right. Pete Tong. Oh, right. Sally, you little raver. Most interesting person you've ever met. OK, I can I can go on that one. I'm okay. going to say I'm going to say my my auntie Hilly who worked on the Mercy ships in the uh, in the 90s. She's got an, an amazing story. Wow. So. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, yeah. My auntie, my auntie Hilly. Oh, Amy, beat that. Have you met Auntie Hilly? No, I haven't. I haven't. Most interesting person I've ever met. Got to be you, Nick, surely. No, no, you can't have that. That's a cop out. Come on. Do you know what? Probably be my late father-in-law, actually. Right. He was, yeah, full of wisdom, stories, and was always the person that you could go to that had, Put you right. So, yeah, Peter. Great. Love, lovely family connections from both of you. Nice one. Right. Well, that's it. Um, it's time to close the front door on this episode of uh, Raising the Roof. So, first of all, thanks, Amy and Sally. I knew uh, this would be a, tr- a tricky one to control. And sure enough, I didn't get to ask half the stuff that I wanted to. Thank you uh, to all our listeners uh, for tuning in. Our next episode is The Power of Brand. But don't forget that you can find all our other episodes wherever you get your your usual podcasts. Uh, But it's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening and see you on the next one.